0: Yo, Babs, this shit crazy. Jimmy on
1: the well, hello. This is the trophy room up on a Wednesday. We got NBA Finals game three coming up in tonight in Boston. Okay, coming up, why are the Cleveland Browns just like Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock in the proposal? I'm going to tell you that. Should Draymond Green have been ejected and the Utah Jazz have finally been blown up? So we got all that coming up for you here in a second. As you all know, we are sponsored by the wonderful people over at Jim Candy pre-orders are coming in super hot so go over Jim candy gummies go follow the social on tiktok instagram go get your pre-orders ready the kickstarter is done the video is done everything is up and ready so get ready to get rid of all of that gross dusty pre-workout and get on with pre-workout about gummies all right so here's the deal so luke is taking a little vacate today he'll be back either tomorrow or next week we'll see how that happens but my good friend so i have a a good friend of mine, his name is Kyle Brinchley, and uh, I had the opportunity. I think it was like back in February, yeah, because I think it was a it was a Valentine's Day. Um, so Kyle was doing like a, like a student radio, like podcast kind of deal. But it was called uh, Unofficial Dating Advice, right? Yeah, uh, uh,
0: non professional uh, dating advice. Professional dating advice. Pretty, yeah. pretty much the same thing.
1: And it was such a good time. And Kyle and I were such good friends, and Kyle and I are on the same vein kind of deal. And I was like, Kyle, like, you have to come hang out with us sometime because I came and hung out with him. So Kyle is here hanging out today. We're going to get into the jazz. We're going to get into the Warriors. We're going to get into the mess that is Deshaun Watson. But like Kyle, plug, dude.
0: All right, plug. Here we go. Yeah, like Brett said, my name is Kyle. I brought him on my podcast first, and then he's just returning the favor, bringing me on here. Um, I love sports almost as much as Brett. I don't know if anyone loves sports as much as Brett. Like he's just got a drive and a passion. Um, but but I'm up there. I'm up there. I'm 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 I'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm climbing the ladder. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Um, I really just love watching sports. I you know my Twitter feed is just all sports stuff. Like I, I get all the politics out of there. I just look at the sports. You know, and you know watching first take ESPN, listening to Colin Cowherd his podcast, just like trying to. Engage myself and and in full myself with sports and, and whatnot, but um, go check me out I do have an Instagram page that I started a little while ago. It's not super big yet um, But I just post sports content. It's just called King Wrench sports on Instagram. Go check it out um, I'm also an affiliate with fanatics. So that's like the sports gear um, companies. So if you guys want sports gear, there's like a link in my bio that you just click on it Shoot. and order anything, and I make some commission. So that would be super dope as well. But I'm just I'm just excited to be here, Brett. Dude,
1: that's sick. I, I we, we got to talk later about that. That's sick. Um, yeah. So Kyle is a is a big like Boomer Sooner guy, and then a big Denver Broncos guy. So we're gonna hit him with a couple of questions about both of those because we also got a couple college football things that I know that I'm just crazy anal about that I would love to get your take on. But the first place that I want to start, I, I am excited to talk about Deshaun Watson and the Browns. But the first thing I want to start with is, so we now have a 1-1 series going back to Boston tonight, Wednesday night, in a series where it looked like Game 1, Boston could do no wrong after towards the end of the third quarter. And then Game 2... It looked like Boston was in the wrong league. They had, I think, close to 15 turnovers. Where are you? Like, it's just straight up pick them. Where are you at, Golden State or Boston?
0: Well, I, I my, my head my head says that Boston is going to do what they've been doing this entire playoffs, and, and, and that is be inconsistent. Like you said, game one, yeah. like, they looked pretty good. They looked pretty good, like especially that fourth quarter. They came back and they just blew the doors off. Game two, they kind of, I don't know. They didn't really know who they were. They didn't really have an identity, and they kind of sucked. And they've been doing this this entire playoff, so my head says there's a good chance they'll continue that and Golden State will, will, will push through and win. However, my heart says, man, this Boston team... They've been, you know, in this position for years. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, you know, getting to the conference finals, getting to the playoffs, but just never having success. Like, this is their year. They're motivated. I think they can do it. I think they match up well against Golden State, but they just got to play well and be consistent, and I just don't think they will.
1: Let me hit you back with this, because I actually agree with a lot of what you just said. So you made the point that, They have been so inconsistent, and I would agree with that. Like, when I watch this Boston team, I'm like, how are they here? But then you look on top of that, like, if you just looked at box scores, you would go back and look at every single one of these games and say, like, game two, they were due for a bad game because even with the inconsistency, like, this is some of the best inconsistency I've ever seen. Like, they've had easily the hardest road of anyone to the playoffs, and I know people want to say, oh, well – we didn't really think brooklyn was that good. Okay, well they had Kyrie and KD who were both coming off just being electric offensive talents regardless of what else you want to say. Giannis is still the best basketball player in the world and the Miami Heat for whatever else you want to say were the number 1 seed. And they had they've had basically one bad game. Like I I it's weird. It's this weird dichotomy where I agree with you. They've been so inconsistent, so up and down. They're terrible in the third quarter, but they Really haven't had any bad games before Game Two, except for I think Game Three. I think against Miami. Like outside of that, even though they've been so inconsistent, wouldn't you argue like it's some of the best inconsistency if you have to have that?
0: Yeah, and and honestly, when I watched the Celtics, but before before the playoffs started uh, entering into the playoffs, I didn't think the Celtics would would get past Brooklyn. I thought Brooklyn would take him out. And maybe it's because I didn't watch Boston throughout the year. They kind of had a rough start, but then they got hot in the second end of the season. Um, but they they surprised me. When I watched them, they surprised me um, in just, like, how well they actually can be, you know? Like, their potential is, like, really high. The roof's really high there. Um, but, yeah, like you said, I think, I think each team, you know, kind of has, like, their own their own weaknesses and whatever, and, and, and Boston is just, like, they just can't perform at the same level day in and day out. And and I, and I think that might be problematic, and I think that might um, prevent them from being, from being world champions this year, especially since they're playing just such a solid team in Golden State that has, you know, Steph Curry and Steve Kerr at the helm, and it's just so hard to beat them if you're not consistent and you're not, you know, punching them consistently, so...
1: If I had to ask you what was the one thing you felt like was missing that caused the Celtics' downfall in Game Two, what would you say that was?
0: Well, I mean, so I I watch. I try to watch every single game in the NBA playoffs. It's kind of hard in the first couple rounds because they yeah, usually have like March three or four athletes. games. Yeah, it's like it's like which game do you watch, right? Uh, but it's a lot easier conference finals and then NBA finals. So so I I've been watching each game and um something i noticed was well well obviously people like marcus smart and al hortford just didn't show up for game two like they did in game one like al hortford what he had like 26 points or something you know he had a ton of points in that and hit like three three three-pointers in the fourth quarter you know in the in game one so he was going off um jalen brown kind of struggled in the second game too so it's just like these role players plus the stars it's just like they they don't have games where they're good together at the same time, and then that's when that's when Bob doesn't play well. Um, I was listening to another sports podcast, and they mentioned um, something about how in game one, Jason Tatum, like he didn't have a great shooting night, but he was able to create shots for other players and 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 keep the offense flowing. And so in game two, like he improved his shooting. But he kind of lost his um, his game flow and, and and wasn't helping out the other guys as much, and so it kind of disrupted their offense. So it's it's just a combination of things. And like Boston's not a team that will um, knock you out offensively every single night, like Golden State. Like like they're either hot, they're cold, and they were just like they were. It was just not good. Game two, they were just not not connecting.
1: I. Th- I like that you started with Marcus Smart because that's where I would start as well. I feel like Marcus Smart is to Boston what Draymond is to Golden State, where it really felt like if you watched if you watched Game Two. So you, the the first point you made was the role players in Game One were huge. I think Derek White, Marcus Smart, and Al Horford combined for I think close to like somewhere between forty and fifty points. Like they all just went off and kind of carried low key, and then. I think game two, Al Horford had, I think two points and Marcus Smart also had, I think two points. Like, they were virtually non-existent. And if you watch game two, it almost it was this is what I would say to if you're, if you're Boston, like the Golden State Warriors led the league in turnovers. even though they were the number one defense in the league, like offense, I mean they're elite, we know what they are, but they also turned the ball at a higher clip. Than Anyone else in the league and it seemed like for a little bit Boston just for some reason decided they wanted to take that because you would watch I don't know. you tell me if you give me if you get the same feeling, but I just get this feeling that there's a Somewhat lack of confidence with Jalen Green or sorry Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown where they do this thing when they get nervous where they'll either just try to pop it right off the cuff from three and it usually doesn't go in because they feel the pressure or they immediately just drive and pick it up at the free throw line because you saw like that one where Jason Tatum picks it up at The free throw line gets stolen out and I think the Warriors scored 33 points off of turnovers in game two because the Celtics just didn't look like they really knew how to play cohesive basketball and it looked like a lot of just straight ISO ball
0: Yeah, yeah, I definitely like so many possessions like Tatum would bring the ball down or, or, or Jalen would have the ball and they would either you know try to shoot a quick three or pull up like from the three-throw line or do like some kind of turnaround jump shot you know and and it, it just wasn't a high quality shot and and you know it's kind of a couple things like when you have low quality shots and then also when you turn the ball over you 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 put your defense in a bad position because you don't get to set your defense as much and so i i noticed that like the Celtics turn the ball over so much and then Golden State would have like a fast break or or would move the ball quick and, and Celtics couldn't even set up their defense and so they just got torched, you know. Everybody's like, oh, the Celtics have such a great defense. But it's kind of hard when it's like, you know, four on two because, you know, Jalen Brown took a bad shot or, or Tatum, you know, lost the ball getting to his spot or whatever it was. So it, it just created mayhem, really, for the Celtics.
1: So let's take... Because we will revisit Draymond Green here in a second, but let's go Game Three tonight in Boston. There's a couple of things that I think if you're Boston work in your favor, and you tell me whether or not you agree. So I think number one, um, this is the thing that nobody's talking about, and and I would I will attribute a lot of it to injury. But where is Clay Thompson? You realize in his last ten games, he's had two games where he scored over 19 points, and most of those were like 10, 12, 15. Like, I almost feel like we're getting a Mac Jones performance where you're just, like, you're playing efficiently, but you're just playing good enough to not lose. Klay Thompson has not shown up at all. And I think Game 6, Klay, is so prevalent, but if you're Boston, you're hoping you don't even get to Game 6. This is the other thing. There's no shot. And this, and this is where I think we go next. There's no way Draymond doesn't get ejected in game three. I would – if I was a betting man, I would <laughs> guarantee lay down on the money line. I don't know what it is, but – so Draymond – so tell me this. Do you think Draymond should have been ejected in game
0: two? Uh, for that for that altercation he had with Jalen Brown?
1: For trying to pull down Jalen's pants, and I won't even use a euphemism, but yeah.
0: Yeah, um, I, I don't know if he should have been ejected, but definitely I I, th- I think, you know, some kind of like technical or, or flagrant foul, because, I mean, Jalen Brown was shooting a three, I believe, and then he got fouled by Draymond Green, and then they, they kind of like fell, like Draymond kind of fell, and then and Jalen Brown was kind of stumbling over him or, or something, and then, you know, Draymond, you know him, he just, you know, chat, 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 you know, and so Jalen Brown was kind of like, hey, don't talk to me like that, and... He's like, here, let me take your pants, you know. Um, <laughs> I, I definitely feel like, <laughs> you know, like.
1: Let me take your pants. Because the argument they gave post-game was he was like, yeah, like, I like, I got kids watching. Like, I'm not going to let my kids see me de- Like, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know. Like, I'm just unsure where the part of, oh, yeah, you know, kids, like, when someone ever disrespects you, like, you just drop their drawers for them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I don't know if I'm a kid <laughs> and I saw my dad removing another man's pants. I'm not sure where that <laughs> falls.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, I'm all for you know a big part of Draymond's game is you know trash talking to get in your head. I'm not, I'm all for that, but like, yeah, it made no sense like why he's like trying to pull at his pants or 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 you know when it gets gets to like touching and and different things like that. That's where it's like you're just like what are you doing, man? Like it's not basketball. Like focus on the game, but. I don't know if that is like grounds for ejection, you know, but I, I definitely think like you got to get penalized and, and and fouled for that because it's like, well, I mean, you fouled him already. It's like why why keep egging him on, you know?
1: Yeah, my issue is uh, like I almost think it's a little bit like, and the thing is like you should never have you shouldn't like. Like, you remember growing up, there was a point where your parents stopped giving you warnings for things because you're like, okay, he, Kyle's 15 or like Kyle's 13 or 9 or whatever. It's like a warning. He doesn't need a warning. He already knows he doesn't do those things. So if he does it, he's doing it intentionally. And I feel like with Draymond, it's the referees are. I think part of it's because the referees don't want the backlash that everyone blames the. Um, the game where he gets ejected for kicking who between the legs, I can't remember. I think it was Kawhi. I, I can't remember who he kicked between the legs. But then they ejected him for that, and then everybody was up in arms, and I think the ref said, fine, if that's what you want to do, we'll just let Draymond do whatever he wants. But then my issue is, okay, so Draymond just gets to do whatever he wants, and the only, the only place that they lose is the, they, you just get to shoot one free throw. Like That's the only tax that you're paying – for all of the crap that Draymond's doing. Now, this is what I will say. If you're Draymond, keep on doing it because they obviously don't care because if they did they would stop it and the officials are getting him away with everything like pulling down another man's pants after he shot a 3. I'm just not again, not sure where you follow the logic there. But then, I don't know if you saw, did you see Draymond's comments post game about
0: officiating? No, I didn't. Okay, so basically
1: Draymond comes out and he's like, you know what, like, yeah, the referees give me a free pass and I've earned it. And if I'm the officials, I'm like, wow, like you're really just going to pull it out of your pants and just slap us across the face? Like we've been giving you help, we've been letting you play your game, letting you play the way you play, and you're just going to call everyone out and say, yeah, look, like I actually Mm – look, the government says I don't have to pay my taxes, so I don't. It's like – Okay, whether or not that's true or not, you <laughs> just aired everyone's dirty laundry, not including yours. And so if I'm the Fishers, I say, that's fine, Draymond. If you want to make us look bad to everyone else and say that we aren't doing our job with you, we're going to stop playing nice with you, and we're just going to kick you out of the game. Because you know, like, I love – I don't love Draymond, but I do love what he does for this Warriors team. I think – I think – uh You would probably agree that without LeBron, this year's playoffs has kind of lacked a villain because the Brooklyn Nets got bounced first round, and they weren't really a villain. They were more of a henchman than anything else. Um, Draymond Green makes the Warriors Mm -hmm. very easy to hate. Wouldn't you agree?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I definitely agree. It's just like the way he plays just makes – He's just frustrating, you know? He frustrates players, and he frustrates fans, too. And then, you know, when he, when he does stuff like that and says stuff like that, like, it's easy for people to be like, man, where does he get off, you know?
1: <laughs> he almost could have been like, uh, <laughs> like, you've, I don't know if you've seen Bad Boys, the 30 for 30, but, like, while we may not like the Bad Boys, like, they were great at what they did. And I think Draymond's the same yeah. way, where it's like, I don't love Draymond, but you know what? Like, A, if you can get away with not paying your taxes, keep not paying them. Like, I'm all in support of people making as much money as they can. I'm as mu- I'm in support of people winning as many games as they can. So if you don't have to pay taxes, don't pay them. I pay my taxes. That's just for the record. But if you're Draymond, <laughs> like, I hate Draymond, but you've got to respect him. But you got to know the energy playing in Boston is not even kind of the same as the energy playing in Golden State, where you got all of these nice, prestigious Silicon Valley people who have never watched basketball in their life. And then you go to Boston where you just got all of these hard A construction workers who are three beers in before <laughs> 10 AM on a Wednesday morning. So this place is gonna be loud, it's gonna be ruckus, and I think it's gonna get to Draymond a little bit, because it was getting to him in game two when they were in Golden State. So if you're gonna if I'm asking you to pick game three with all of that encompassed, where are you going?
0: Well I, I I think I think first game back in Boston game three I think I think the Celtics do win this game and I think I think it's like kind of a bounce back game for them because if, if you kind of look throughout the playoffs and their, their playoff history, they always like play well after losing a game, you know and so they're going back home. The Celtic fans are gonna be all jazzed up, like you said, like having their having their drinks in or whatever. Like this is the first time. What was it since 2010? I think since the last time the Celtics were in the finals, Mm -hmm. something like that. It's been a long time, at least a decade, right? So they're gonna be jazzed up, and you know, I I I think I think the Celtics are gonna bring it. And yeah, to your point earlier, I wouldn't be surprised if Draymond. You know, gotten some trouble, whether that's foul trouble or or even getting, you know, ejected or at least a technical or or something, something, his groove will be thrown off. And I I think Celtics do win game three. I I I think they win not super big, maybe by like nine, eight or nine points, but I, I think they still win.
1: Do you think that? And I know the the antithesis to this question is that every game is a must win when it's the playoffs. But do you feel like this is a must win for Boston?
0: I feel like I feel like yeah. If they lose this game, then there's going to be so much more pressure on Game Four that they might come out um, a little antsy or a little jittery, and they might not you know play their game to the best of their ability and like. Man, worst case scenario, if you lose both games at home and you go back to, to San Fran down 3-1, then, you know, it's game over. So I, I feel like confidence-wise, like they Celtics need to win this game um because it, I just think even though game four is in Boston as well, it'd just be super hard being down 2-1 and just trying to bounce back. So I would say, yeah, game three is pretty much a must-win for the Celtics. Um, I don't know if it's a must-win though for Golden State, if that makes sense. I, I feel like right. Golden State could lose Game Three um, if they were able to, you know, steal Game Four in Boston. But I'd say must-win for for the Celtics for sure.
1: Okay, let's pivot a little bit. I think I'm gonna go with you. I think this is a must-win for Boston, just because they seemed in game two like they didn't have the mentality that they could win the game. And I partially think that some of that was the absolutely god-awful, piss-poor. Obviously, I'm very passionate about how just disgusting <laughs> the officiating was in quarter one and quarter two. The The one where Gary Payton goes up and they called the foul on Jalen Brown, you watch that back, Jalen Brown didn't even touch him. Same with there was an Andrew Wiggins one. Andrew Wiggins went up, wasn't even touched. And I think that's why – Um, People people have gone back and said, well, there was that one play where Al Horford was in the box down low with Stephen Curry, and Al Horford didn't back Steph Curry down like he couldn't get back to the basketball in the bucket. And I think that's because they didn't feel like the physicality was up to par with how they were playing. And so I agree with you. I think Game 3 is a must-win for Boston. I understand they have swept home court advantage a little bit more their way just taking a game in Golden State. But you're still gonna have to play game seven in Golden State, and I think at this point it's almost a guarantee that this thing goes seven games. I thought before it was like a I thought it was gonna be like a four or five game sweep for the Warriors. But with okay. how down Clay Thompson has been, and all the other inconsistencies, because I feel like that's been the story of honestly this playoffs, but with Golden or with Boston, I feel like it's been like, oh yeah, Derek White goes off for thirty points, and then it's like, oh Derek White, it looks like the worst basketball player on planet Earth. And so I think I'm with you. This is a must-win for Boston, um, and if they don't, I don't see any way that Stephen Curry. So then th- this is the next place I want to go with you because I've been I've been leading this bandwagon for a long time now. To you, first of all, does Stephen Curry not having a Finals MVP on his resume matter? And Regardless of how you feel about that, if he wins this, he's probably gonna win finals MVP. If he does both of those things, does this catapult Stephen Curry into the top ten all time for you?
0: So first, I don't I don't think the fact that he doesn't have a finals MVP should really define him. Like if if you just look like if you just watch the guy play basketball, you're like, Man, this guy's brilliant. Like he can hit any shot pretty much anywhere on the court like whether you know he's 30 feet away or 40 feet away you know and like this year he's gotten really good at being able to not just shoot the three but drive to the basket and get defenders off him so his offense is just um, incredible i mean the impact that he has on the team in general is incredible as well he's such a great leader um great guy just means so much to golden state so i don't i don't think it matters that he doesn't have a finals mvp I do think he will probably win it, though, if um, if he continues to play well. I know in Game 1 he hit, I don't know, it was like seven eight three 8, 3-pointers, something, something crazy like that. He hit a lot of 3-pointers, and he was really hot in the first, um, first half or whatever, and he played pretty good in Game 2 as well. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he won Finals MVP this year. Um, but as for top 10 all-time, I, I, I think I think he I think he does I think he cracks top ten you know maybe coming in at, at like nine or ten or maybe even eight you know like like he's not gonna be like up there like two yeah. three four you know what I mean maybe he like sneaks into like the nine or ten spot especially since I feel like he still has you know a good number of years left a couple more years he's he's still decently. Um, young maybe young is not the right word but he's still like he's not like old and decrepit you know so he's still got a couple more years and i wouldn't be surprised if the warriors could you know have a couple more great seasons with him at the head so so yeah maybe he maybe he sneaks into that number 10 spot i don't know am i am i gonna get canceled for saying that we'll see
1: (laughs) (laughs) um no i think you bring up a good point i think like, let's bet on tomorrow. And I think if if we're saying, I because I'm with you, I think this easily catapults him into top 10. Um, I mean, he's the greatest shooter who ever lived. Like, the whole point of basketball is to put the ball into the basket and outside of six feet from the hoop, he's the greatest to ever do it. So there's that. And then there's the, this that you just brought up is, like, this team's not getting any worse anytime soon because – to be fair, like when they won it the first couple times, they had a pretty old veteran roster with a young Clay and a young Steph, and then they went now where they're the old guys. But Jonathan Kaminga's not getting any any like he's the, he's only getting better. Jordan Poole's only getting better. James Wiseman isn't even playing right now. Clay, Clay Thompson won't be just coming off an injury. So okay, so Clay they three peated. They went three years and then lost, I think, two. And then they've, th- like, in terms of going to the finals, went three straight times again. Every time they made the playoffs, they go to the finals. Um, and so if, if he wins this year, he'll have many championships, I think, is LeBron. And so, and it, like, to be on the same championship level with LeBron, I think, says a lot about um, his career, especially when, like, if... To win one, I think, without Durant closes out so many haters. You know what I'm saying? Wouldn't you agree? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For sure.
1: Yeah. So, I think easily, Steph, if he wins, this goes into the top ten. And it would not surprise me, like, the point you made, if he he wins one, maybe two more. And if that happens, I don't even... You don't even want to get me on a radio or a podcast because you'll, <laughs> your ratings will tank because I'll just be so up in arms about. It. I'll be so hyped about it. Okay, um, let's go here. So I think we got we got a couple more NBA things to do and then and then we'll do a little bit of NFL because because I think the Browns are worth talking about and I want to get your take, Kyle. Um, there's yes. been a lot of talk. Apparently, Adam Silver has discussed and entertained this moronic concept. This. Oh, my word. This is so Gen Z millennial, it's not even funny, where, oh, something's hard, so we're just not going to do it anymore. Yeah, so we're going to, apparently, we're going to shorten the NBA season. Give me where you're at with shortening the NBA season.
0: Um, well, it's it's been kind of interesting, because, like, the 2021 season, just last year, it was, it was, it was thrown off a whack because you know because of covid and because of the bubble of the 2020 season mm-hmm. so they didn't have as many games and 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 i think this is where a lot of people were kind of like oh maybe we should you know keep every season shorter or or whatnot and it and it limits the number of injuries because you know 82 games that's a, that's a that's a lot of games to play over the span of you know a couple months or whatever um i i I mean, if they did shorten the season, like like how many games would they take off? You know what I mean. Like you know, some people are are talking about you know upwards of of, of twenty or so. You know, getting it down to to like sixty or or whatnot. But okay. I feel like I feel like what 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 kind of things go go into into this, right? Because. Because people, they make the money when people come to the games, right? When, yep. when the place sells out, they make money when they get broadcasts on, on national television, you know. And so I, th- I think a lot of it is having to do with, like, player injuries. I think a lot of, like, big stars have been injured a lot recently in the last year. Um, and that's probably because of, of the shortened seasons in 2020 and 2021. Um, so I wouldn't be opposed to a shorter season, but I wouldn't want it to be shortened dramatically, you know, maybe if they took off, I don't know, 15 games and made it like a 68 game season or or something, something not super dramatic, because if you make it too short, then it's like, there's just not a lot of basketball to be played, you know, so, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it, shorten it, but I kind of am fine with the way it is now. But, I mean, I'm not a player. I'm not a coach. I'm, I'm just a fan. So, as a fan, I say, you know, keep it the way it is. But if you do change it, don't, don't throw it too out of whack.
1: I feel like it's hard because I'm, I'm at a couple of different – like, I feel like you have to, you have to look at it from uh, both perspectives. You have to look at it from the money perspective, and you have to look at it from the player perspective. And From the money perspective, let me give it to you like this. People more times than not will go to McDonald's before they go to Five Guys. Not because it's at all better food, but because it's cheaper. There's more of it. It's an easier quantity to obtain. Whereas if I'm like, I, like I'm not going to go out and buy Five Guys every single day because that's more money out of my pocket, but it's like, here's the deal. like. Even if you want to make the argument, okay, we have a lower quality of basketball because less guys are playing, which I'll get to in a second because you have this uh, load management is what we call it. Okay, dude, people, again, people still go to McDonald's. Like, it's not good food, but people go there because it's there and it's professional. And the same thing with, I mean, like, I went to I I don't know, you probably, you've been a Utah Jazz fan. Like, you've lived in Utah your whole life. Like, I'm sure you've been to plenty of Jazz games and – games where they weren't even having a good season, they weren't making the playoffs, and stadium still sells out. So, which I'm sure is not the exact same for every team, but I can't imagine why it wouldn't be if that's how it is in Utah. And so I look at this and I say, if you're the NBA, I wouldn't shorten the season unless you can find a way to make money up on the back end, which I don't know that you can do. The one place that I'm okay with it is if we shorten the season 10 games, you need to replace it with an in-season tournament because I think the one thing that's been cool about the play-in tournament is it's a winner-go-home. Which where is the mecca of winner-go-home? March Madness, and March Madness is the easiest get-rich-quick scheme in all of sports. It's a bunch of teams who actually really don't matter at all. You can't tell me a single guy who plays for 90% of those schools, but it's just the idea that nobody, like an absolute nobody, can win everything. And I don't know how you would. Equate that into adding in win totals Or if you would just make it for fun Or you do like an all-star Which I don't know if that would work either Because like, I think it needs to mean something But I think an in-season tournament Win or go home all 32 teams Would be super fun um, And then from the player perspective This is where I really don't like it Because This is the highest quality we've ever Of athlete we've ever been able to put out These kids get trained When they come out of the womb on, on top of that, they have better care than they've ever had. They, they fly private planes like they weren't doing before. They have more medical staff. They have more physical training staff. Like They have more at their disposal than ever before, and they're playing less games. How, that doesn't make any sense to me. D- this, this is the greatest what-if of all time to me. Can you imagine? Have you, do you have any Jordans? I don't, know. Okay, let me give you to this. Jordans are probably some of the least comfortable shoe, and I'm a Jordan guy. Least comfortable shoe of all time. Michael Jordan, if you watched the last dance, Michael Jordan's feet would bleed because they were so uncomfortably yeah. hurt. Imagine how much better these guys would have been if they were playing in something other than Chuck Taylors and Stan Smith. They actually had basketball shoes. And you have LeBron James. He has a full-length air unit in his shoes. So the, the only issue that I see with this is I hate going down the path of saying something's hard, so let's stop doing it. Because I think that is the mantra of Gen Z and the mantra of millennials. Oh, it's hard for me to go to work because I'm sick. It's hard for me to go to work because something happened. So I'm just not gonna do it anymore. And I think as soon as we open that path, I think it is a very slippery and dangerous slope.
0: Yeah, I I definitely agree. I you know, just just because something, you know, is difficult or or, or something is changing you. If if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know what I mean. Right. And and I've always thought that that the NBA season was you know designed pretty well. You know you play a lot of games, and you kind of get tired throughout this season. But you know at the end of the day, it's like which team can can survive the longest. You know that's 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 the true test of championship is is true grit and who can who can survive the longest. You know it's survival of the fittest. You know, and so I I kind of always liked the NBA to be you know kind of a tough league and 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 competent and competitive and i don't want to go in soft you know a lot of people say that you know the nba has kind of been going soft and and perhaps if they start changing you know the season and different things like that it it, it just might keep getting softer and might lose its novelty
1: they always say don't go to the grocery store when you're hungry because you'll make a lot of impulse buys that you wouldn't have bought other words I'm the same way with the point that you made earlier like let's see what the world looks like when we aren't just coming out of a pandemic that wiped out the entire fate of civilization as we knew it like let's because I think Mm -hmm. you're right like that back to back that weird scheduling caused so many issues that I don't think we'd seen before and even still if this is an issue and this is how it's going to be in the future if you're the NBA, like I think you're going to have a hard time convincing owners to do less games because we, what do we just see in the NFL? The NFL just said, no, we're going to do more games. Why? Because we can make more money. And if like, don't be naive, this is all about money. Like, yes, we're being entertained, but we're being entertained at the expense of people Mm -hmm. making millions of billions of dollars. And that's what this is really about. Um, But speaking of the Utah jazz, because I live in Utah now, I'm not a jazz Homer, but I, I, I feel like a little bit of a fan just because I live there now. Um, we got a lot of news coming out of Salt Lake between – I don't know if you saw the second one. But, okay, so Quinn Snyder's out. And then on top of that, tell me if you saw this. Apparently, they're, the Jazz are shopping Rudy Gobert to be traded to the Chicago Bulls.
0: Yeah, I mean I, I haven't heard too much about the spe- specifically Gobert to the Bulls um but there's just been so many you know rumors and so many talks once quinn snyder stepped down people were like all right what are the jazz gonna do now who's leaving is it gobert is it mitchell are they both staying are are they both leaving you know and so i've i've heard a lot of sports personalities talk about you know who who's gonna who's gonna be the one to leave you know what what what's the fate of utah now that quinn snyder's gone and and you know Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell didn't have you know the tightest relationship, so they're like basically everyone's saying at least one of them is gonna leave, and you know people are debating which one which one but but I haven't heard too much about Gobert to the bulls what What do you have on that
1: well so let me give it to you like this so I remember I think we all remember like. It was weird between Gobert and Mitchell because there are people saying, oh, well, it's not actually that big of a deal. And then we heard, okay, actually, it is a big deal. And then we heard it's not a big deal. And then I was working for the Jazz, uh, I think, in April while they were playing the Mavericks. And I remember Alema Harrington saying, no, look, like, there's no issue between Gobert and Mitchell. And to me, I'm saying, okay, first of all, I've never been a big Gobert fan because I'm like, if Jalen Brunson can body him on the block in the post in the playoffs – that just goes to show me he's not that confident and he doesn't know how how to handle himself down there but if if as soon as Quinn Snyder leaves the report comes out from Bleacher Report that apparently the Utah Jazz are shopping Rudy Gobert so like it, it, it nobody has even like the death just happened and people are already trying to find out what's in the will like you you can't tell me there's not conflict between Gobert and Mitchell like am i crazy
0: no, I. You're not. Well, I mean, I don't know how insane you are. I might be saying you not about This. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, I, I. I know a lot of people were saying, like, especially these playoffs, they're like, oh, there's there's no drama between Gobert and Mitchell, and they were just trying to like control, you know, the narrative and yep. and 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 ease Jazz fans because because frankly, like, the Jazz, they've been they've been pretty solid the last couple years, but then they get to the playoffs and they kind of just kind of fall apart and, and look like a mess. And it's the same thing over and over and over again. And and obviously there's 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 something wrong, right? And so, you know, I, I do think I don't I don't think they like hate each other, but I do think they just like aren't on the same page and never have been. And I don't think they will be um, like if they try to run it back, you know, you know, for the fifth or sixth, seventh year. I don't even exactly. know at this point. Like, I, I don't know, like, I, I mean, I I would love to see, you know, I would love for it to work out, you know, in, in some, in, in the best case scenario, they both stay and the Jazz somehow get better and actually do well in the playoffs, but that's just, that just hasn't happened, you know, that's been my thought every year, and it just hasn't happened, and so I I do think, yeah, like, there has been some, some bad blood or some uneasiness, and frankly, as, as... As much as it pains me to say, I, th- I think one of them has to go, you know.
1: Um, okay, two questions as a Jazz fan then. Um, you, you can only keep one. You can keep Gobert or Mitchell. Who are you keeping? And then second question, what are the odds, like 1 to 10, 1 to 2? Like, What are the odds that Mitchell leaves before the season starts?
0: Well, see, I've been battling, you know, which one would I rather have because initially I'd say I'd rather have Donovan Mitchell because, you know, he's a star and, and, you know, he's only going to get better. But then, you know, there's there's two things that happen in my brain. There's like what I want to happen and then what I think will happen. And usually they don't line up. Usually, usually my my wishful thinking is like oh i want this to happen and then and then i'm like well realistically what would you know and i feel like more teams in my head i'm in my head this is what i'm thinking more teams would be interested in a donovan mitchell because while it is true rudy gobert you know two-time i think it's two-time maybe it's three-time two i think it's two-time defensive player of the year maybe it's three i can't remember um while he is a really good defender you know he's super tall like You know, does a lot of good things. He's kind of clumsy on offense, doesn't really move around much, kind of has a weird contract right now. So I was having a hard time trying to figure out which teams would really want, you know, like a Rudy Gobert, especially when the league is moving more towards kind of smaller lineups and, you know, guys that are, you know, 6'6", 6'7", as opposed to, you know, seven-footers. So I'm thinking, well, more teams would want Donovan Mitchell, so it would be easier to move him. But I'd kind of rather keep Donovan Mitchell and, you know, see if we could get something good for Gobert, you know. Um, so I'd say initially I'd, I'd want to keep Mitchell. But I feel like Mitchell has a higher chance of either A, leaving or getting traded or, or whatever.
1: I I'm going to put your heart at ease. I'm going to guarantee you. I don't know if you – I don't think you can bet on uh, Mitchell not leaving. I know you used to I think last season you could bet on whether or not Aaron Rodgers was going to leave. I don't know if you can bet on this, but I'm going to put your mind at these. There's zero chance. First of all, we know he can't leave because he just signed that extension. Mitchell did that puts I think he's there for another three seasons. So That's the first thing. The second thing is I don't know if you knew this, but I'm so excited um, NBA All-Star is in Salt Lake City this year. So February 2023, and 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 I'm look if you if you want to know, I just I emailed NBA All Star. I was like I emailed and I called because I was like I have to know when tickets go on sale because I don't care if it's 200 300 bucks. Like I'm going to All Star Saturday night. Like I'm going. Um, Tickets go on sale July 25th. Just as like a shameless plug, but there's no way like with that coming to town that they would trade their number one attraction. In Donovan Mitchell, and so I just don't think there's any way he leaves. And on top of that, Danny Ainge is there, and Danny Ainge is the least stupid executive, I think, probably in all of sports. And he's also, um, like he's a shark, dude. Like, he is not, he's not like taking a bad deal. And so I don't see any way that the Utah Jazz get rid of Donovan Mitchell because I think they know he's the commodity you keep between those two because he's going to do more for you in the future. And even if he doesn't, like, I think he's better in three years than Mitchell is. And so I think you have, if you do decide in two years you want to trade him, great. But also, like, this is probably the worst year to trade him considering the playoffs he just came off of, where he was not spectacular when you needed him to be. And so that being said, I don't think there's any way that Salt Lake deals Donovan Mitchell. Um, Okay, give me where you're at with – because I – no, actually, I do know where you're at with this. I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but I know where you're at with this. Tell me where you're at with Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. What should Baker do and what should Cleveland do? Like, what's mu- what's in their best interest individually and mutually?
0: Well, I mean, I, I've i heard so much about the Browns' situation the last couple months and, and Baker Mayfield and Deshaun Watson and all that. and And honestly, like, Oklahoma fan here. I loved watching Baker at Oklahoma. I think he was phenomenal. You know, his yeah, it was his so play was great.
1: Losing the Rose Bowl, dude, so good. Yeah, it I'm was. It was. You. It was
0: just. Great. It was just great. It was great. You know, Boomer Sooner. You know, but um, I've always really liked the guy. You know, I I do understand. I mean, I've never met the guy, but I. I it sounds like a lot of people have a hard time. You know getting along with him and and he seems to maybe overstep his bounds sometimes but i've always really liked the guy i, I love him in those um i think it's the progressive commercials that he's in i I'm at home with baker mayfield i think those are so funny and he just i i i honestly think once he retires from football or, or if football doesn't work out for him i like i wouldn't be surprised if he starts acting in like commercials so, and and movies full-time because i think he's I phenomenal so. in that. I I would love to go see a movie starring Baker Mayfield. (laughs) That (laughs) would be awesome. Opening
1: night. (laughs) Oh yeah,
0: but um, it it is kind of tricky because he hasn't been as good in the NFL. Like he has by far, like he has not been as good in the NFL that he was in college. And I mean, he's been with the Browns for you know I think four seasons now or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he took him to the playoffs once, but other than that, like he just really hasn't established himself as an elite quarterback in the nfl and so the browns gave up on him because they're like man you're not that great a lot of us don't like you like cleveland basically just like took a crap on baker mayfield i kind of feel bad for the guy like they really did like you know like they drafted him first overall and you know first two seasons or so they're like ah you know he's just getting a hang of things and and then by season three and four, like nothing's really happening. They go to the playoffs once, and 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 then they're just like, "Well, we'll screw you, Baker. We're gonna go get Deshaun Watson instead because you know we we expected you to be. We're gonna great. go get
1: the the next Tiger Woods in a serial sex addict.
0: Yeah, seriously, like 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 you're you. We hate you so much that we're gonna go get a guy who may or may not like be in super legal trouble for may may for who knows playing. how long yeah no he might not even play and like we want him more than we want you and so i think that's just the biggest
1: 230 million dollars guaranteed and we don't want to pay your 18 million dollars this year
0: (laughs) yeah it's it's bad poor baker i I mean i wonder what he thinks of all this but i i do think like like you mentioned um like deshaun watson he might not even play this year there's a lot of like uncertainties there he'll there's a good chance he'll at least get you know a couple games suspension at the very least you know and so it's tricky because it's like if you're the browns you're like well we'll need somebody to be there until deshaun watson's ready but we don't like this baker guy and there's so much drama i mean will he even want to stay after we literally just disowned him so i think it's tricky i think it's really tricky and I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns were just like, you know what, like, Baker, you know, we're done with you. Pontius Pilot washing his hands, you know, like this is not my mess anymore. Like, get out of here. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but I think the difficult thing is, like, frankly, I don't know many teams that would really want Baker, Mayfield, A, as their starter, and then B, as a backup. Because, I mean... I don't know. They just saw what happened here in Cleveland and they're like, do we really want this guy in our locker room if nobody likes him in Cleveland? Will anyone like him here in you know, whatever city. So I I really don't know what the future holds for my 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 friend Baker here.
1: Um have you seen the proposal with Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock?
0: I I don't think I've seen the full movie, but I've seen scenes definitely.
1: All right. Well, I am a, I would define myself as a rom-com connoisseur. I don't know if I'm an expert, but I, I and I actually don't even know what connoisseur means, but I love rom-coms. Um, I would I would highly encourage that that's a top 5 rom-com for me. It might even it's it's probably top 2 honestly. It's up there with How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Um, but <laughs> the, this is the premise of the movie. For anyone who hasn't seen it, this is the premise of How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Or, uh, sorry, the proposal. I'm getting all my rom-com stuff because I love them so much. So this is the way it works. Basically, Sandra Bullock is like this big-time business executive, but she's from Canada. And Ryan Reynolds is her assistant. And they come and find out that, that Sandra Bullock is being deported. And so the only way for her to stay is she lies to everyone that she is getting engaged to Ryan Reynolds. And Ryan Reynolds hates her because she's a witch. And so basically she's like, look, if you pretend, if you go on with this elaborate lie, then I will make you like uh, an executive like right up there with me. And so it's this, it's, it's the antithesis to mutually assured destruction where they're like, if we both lie together, then you get what you want and I get what I want because I can stay in the country and keep my job and you get to get the job that you want. For anyone who has seen the proposal, this is Baker and this is the Browns. The Browns know (laughs) that all of the NFL hates us because we signed the second coming of Tiger Woods and how addicted this man is to sex. Because I I was reading an article today. He had over seven, I think over, over 60 different massage therapists. That is the weirdest fetish I've ever heard of in my entire life. That might be like just. Maybe not weirder, but more unique than liking feet, for sure. You're definitely unique there. <laughs> um, so, and we signed him to a fully guaranteed $230 million contract when everyone else in the NFL had a rule, and we said we, everybody said, look, we're all just going to wait to see what happens with Baker. Nobody's going to jump in early. We're all going to have a gentleman's agreement. And the Browns broke that. And now you're stuck with the one guy who doesn't want to be with you. And the problem is, no one else is going to give him what he wants either. So if you're Baker and if you're the Browns, you say, look, I don't like you. You don't like me. But guess what? Fun fact, because it's a rom-com, at the end of this, the movie, they fall in love. So, like, it kind of works out. I don't know if, if, if it works out so much that, that uh, Baker – I don't think it works out that Baker stays with the Browns unless Deshaun goes to jail for however long, maybe. But if you're the Browns and if you're Baker, you say, look, look, we're just going to go in – because baker has always come in with a guy who's been full of energy that's never been a question about him you come in guns a blazing you win five of the seven games that deshaun suspended and we make sure we get you the best possible deal or we do a signing trade or something we will do right by you if you do right by us because right now they both need each other so badly it's not even funny because they could both be in really bad situations if the browns have to start jacoby Brissett at quarterback Or if Baker is out of a job because I think he is – he's easily one of the best 32 quarterbacks in the league. I think he's a top 20 quarterback in the league um, despite playing last year when he was healthy. But he took – this is the thing people want to forget about Baker. For our entire lives and for my parents' entire lives, the Browns have been not only a joke – but a laughing stock in pop culture. People who don't even know sports make jokes about how proud the, bad the Browns were. And Baker Mayfield was one play away from going to an AFC championship. So let's not sleep on Baker. And let's just say, look, if you do me right and I do you right, then everybody gets what they want. The Browns get to get Deshaun Watson when they need him. And Baker gets to get the right job. Um, but I do want to ask you, speaking of Baker Mayfield in Oklahoma, so so we're getting t- here towards the end. I know you got to run. Um, I want to ask you some Kyle Brenchley specific questions because I know you love college football and I know you love Oklahoma. And I got a couple questions. I got a question about just some college football questions. First off, I don't know if you've read about this at all, but do you like the idea of um, – co- so in college football there's, there's, this, there's talks about this idea of Of getting rid of just straight division champs and doing like a mini conference playoff so like you have i think you have like would have four games total or or, sorry four teams total and those two teams four teams play and then you get uh, a conference championship if they did that do you still think they need to expand conference uh or playoffs or like where are you at with do the playoffs need to be expanded and is having mini conference playoffs better than anything else we have at this point?
0: I mean, I I've always thought it would be more fun if the college football playoff had, say, eight teams instead of four. Like you don't want to make it too big, like March Madness. Like 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 you can't have like, you know, thirty two teams or something like that in it. That'd just yeah. be too long and too crazy. But if you like added four more teams um it'd be more fun it'd be more interesting um but i don't know the four the 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 four team playoff format has been kind of interesting because it seems like there's always at least one team who's like not like the rest in that group who just like gets blown out and you're just like why why are they here you know what i mean um but 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 they're here because they were the conference champs or they were undefeated or you know what i mean like and so it's kind of difficult because I think for the last, ever since they implemented the four-team playoff, there's been teams who arguably should have made it into the top four that didn't because they weren't their conference champion or or because they had like a bad loss or they lost teams or something like that. But maybe they were more deserving. Um, it just you know for one reason or another. So I think like if you expand it to eight, that would be really cool. Give more teams the opportunity. I I don't know if that would necessarily change what has been happening with the four team playoffs, um, but it would at least be more exciting and add more variety and allow those teams who sadly get bounced, even though they're very deserving, to at least get in. Um, to answer your question about doing like the conference um, bracket things, I think that would be really fascinating as well. Um, it, it could could create opportunity for upset, you know? Cuz some conferences there's just like an outright champion and then others there's like the championship game, you know. And so if there was four teams competing, that would create, you know, more excitement and more opportunity for an upset and it might shake things up. Um but I mean, I I'd, I'd be down to see both like like as a fan from the, again from the fan's perspective, that sounds really cool really fun, you know, to see more teams cuz cuz I know a lot of people are like tired of seeing the same, you know, yeah. Alabama, Ohio, Ohio State, you know, even even Oklahoma except for last year they were in they were in there, you know, pretty much every year, at least every other year, right? You know, so they're they're kind of tired of seeing those teams, but those teams are just so good they deserve to be there, you know, but you just open the door for more teams just to see the teams be in it, you know. I think fans would be more um, would be more excited to just at least see, you know, like when Cincinnati got in, I was kind of surprised. I, d- I didn't think the committee would put them in and then they got in last year and I-, I think the whole city of Cincinnati like exploded with excitement like the whole nation did. They're like, wow, Cincinnati I mean, they didn't stand a chance against Alabama but they were in, you know and so if you have more opportunities to just see more teams I think, I think that'd be really good for college football, even if it doesn't necessarily change the fact that Alabama or Ohio State or Georgia or Oklahoma or these big powerhouse teams are probably going to get to the championship game.
1: Um, Tell me right with this. How upset are you with Lincoln Riley as an Oklahoma fan to just up and leave and go to Oklahoma or go to USC and then take Caleb Williams with you after Spencer Rattler kind of got D'd down on his way out of there to the different, the other USC.
0: Yeah, I felt, I mean, I've been trying to understand Lincoln Riley's, you know, decision-making here. Obviously, like, a new start is always intriguing. You know, USC, like, the, in the past, they've had a really good football program. You know, the last couple years, they haven't been super elite, but they have really good hit- you know, especially like when they had Pete Carroll there as coach and, and just throughout history they've been a really good team. So I I kinda understand that. You know, obviously there's a lot of money there. Um, but I felt like it was kind of I don't know, like Oklahoma, you know, under Bob Stoops had been so good for so many years. And then Link Lincoln Riley took over and they were really good for so many years. And then they have this one season where they kind of falter, don't make the playoff, don't even don't even win Big Twelve championship. And they have one season that's just, like, crap. And it wasn't complete crap, but it was just, like, crap compared to what happened in the past. And then Lincoln Riley's like, oh, man, like, well, I guess this is over. I had fun. like, Oklahoma's not, you know, we're not elite anymore, so I, I might as well go see greener pastures. I, I felt like he kind of just, like, jumped ship and I feel like he just kind of gave up because he didn't, he was in a great spot, like, like, literally, like, he was under Bob Stoops, and they won all those years, and then he took over, and they won all those years, and so he was kind of privileged. He kind of had it really good, and then when thing, when reality kind of hit that, you know, your luck runs out eventually, he was like, oh, like, well, let's go somewhere else. So I I was a little frustrated, and um, I mean, obviously, he took Caleb Williams, I thought Caleb Williams showed a lot of, a lot of great things, obviously, he was a freshman, and you know. Kind of made freshman mistakes. wasn't the most um, polished quarterback, but you know he was explosive. Made a lot of cool plays. Run, remind me a lot of you know kind of like a Kyler Murray who could run and throw the ball. And and then Spencer Spencer Ratler. I don't even know what happened to him. Like <laughs> like like he had he had a pretty good twenty twenty season. Um, he he kind of had a, f- a few games where he kind of you know, was a little uneasy, but he had a pretty good 2020 season so much so that people were like putting him as like one of the Heisman uh, front runners for 2021. And then he just like did not show up. I, I think, I think it was like all in his head. I think, I think, you know, if the media is saying like, oh, like Heisman 2021 front runner, and then that just puts so much pressure on the guy. And I think he just, I think he kind of just lost it. I think he just kind of lost his mojo and he was he was terrible like there was a few games where I was just like oh my word like we do not deserve to win this game like the, the, for week one against Tulane like yep. literally it came down to like the last play like like pretty much they had to get a stop on fourth down to stop Tulane and I was just like "Uh oh this is gonna be a long season. So, Rattler kind of just fell apart. So, I I was fine with him leaving. But then, you know, Lincoln Riley leaves, takes Caleb Williams. And it's just like, all right, well, we'll see what happens with Oklahoma. I I still think they'll be good. I still think they'll compete. Um, But it might take a couple years to, you know, get the recruits back in because a lot of people decommitted from Oklahoma. A lot of people transferred. So, it might take a couple years to really get back. I don't know if they'll ever fully get back to what they were, but I would just i just love to see what they're like this year. You know, new coach, new quarterback, pretty much knew everything. So, But I, I was a little bummed about the whole Lincoln-Riley situation.
1: Okay, last question for you. It, it, being honest, because I know Lincoln-Riley gave his BS answer that he didn't leave Oklahoma because he was afraid of going to the SEC. Be straight up with me. Are you worried about Oklahoma going to the SEC?
0: Um yeah, I I am. I think I think the Big 12 is an interesting conference because some years it's competitive and then some years it's just straight up not. SEC it'll be competitive every single year. Like you you just know that SEC in yeah. football, like obviously Alabama, Georgia, Like, they're going to be good every year. Auburn has good years. LSU has good years. Um, Kentucky had a good year last year. So, even teams like Kentucky, Tennessee, like, they could have good years. So, I think Oklahoma going to the SEC, I think that's going to be a huge challenge. And um, I do think Lincoln Riley was kind of like, ooh, like, maybe I should get out now before I get to the SEC. And if we don't have success, I don't look like a fool. But I am kind of worried. I do think. Oklahoma probably won't win um, a lot of SEC championships anytime soon, especially especially with Alabama and Georgia and Florida and all those teams. So I'm a little worried that they won't, they just won't be a powerhouse anymore. I, I still think they'll be good. They do have the history. They do have the culture that's still there, and um, they'll compete. But I don't think. I I, I think I think the days of of oklahoma dominance in in conference play is is over
1: okay kyle thanks so much for coming on and hanging out dude this was awesome
0: i had such a good time
1: dude i i i would not at all be surprised and i don't know if you've thought about this but i would not at all be surprised if if there was a if in a couple of months i saw or a couple of weeks i saw posts on Branch sports that had the Kyle Brunchley pod or or whatever hot sexy name you decided to give it, but you know, <laughs> I had a lot of fun. So thanks for coming and hanging out. We appreciate it,
0: dude. Yeah, it was a blast. I, I love sports. I love podcasting, and I it's just a great combo. Thanks for having me on.
1: have you have you listened? To the, I don't know how much you've listened, but are are you aware of of our outro of how we do it?
0: Um. I mean, I've, heard, I've listened to a few of your episodes, but.
1: Um, cause there's a thing you'll you'll we'll have to remember. remind me. Okay, this is how it's gonna go. So I'm gonna go three, two, one, and then you're gonna go, whoa, okay? I Kay. don't know why, but we just do that. That's how it rolls in my family, <laughs> all right? Okay, three, Kay. two, one, whoa! Boom.